everybody, check it out. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to start a podcast. It has all the tools in one place that you need right from your phone or computer to edit and publish your podcast. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listing platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. I'm using it right along with you. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com Hey everybody and welcome to episode 30 of Frankie Files Podcast. I'm Frankie, your host and producer. A couple of quick announcements you listeners may like to know. The Fair Game Podcast on Scientology with Leia Remini and Mike Rinder returns end of August twice per week. They're back. So check that out at the link in this show's description. Also, the 19th International Human Trafficking Conference is taking place virtually in September. Please look at the link in this show's description for that. And I highly recommend involvement with Celia Williamson, its director at University of Toledo. On a weekly basis, Frankie Files Podcast is hosting a series of religious cult talks with other podcasters and guests like survivors with Q&A audio chat on Reddit. Sunday's ongoing until further notice. That's 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Time, free, Sunday on reddit.com, on my user profile, Frankie Tees. See the link in this show's description for that, too. The process was that I applied to be a host on Reddit, and uh, a free hosting opportunity for me to get the message out about trafficking in cults, recovery for cult kids, and more, is a wonderful opportunity. It's been going very nicely. So check that out Sunday, 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific time on Reddit. This type of announcement is also on FrankieFilesPodcast.com blog. It's Fourth Tuesday, and that means adult children of cults is the topic. My people. The demographic of people who grew up in cults is large and widespread in nature. There's a lot of us, and we're every race and color. Today, I will speak directly to you guys. This is also for those who want to understand adult children of cults. There are also cult babies like Danielle M. Young taught us in episode 18, who was born into the children of God. The freedom of religion laws in the United States and relaxed tax exemption has been an umbrella which destructive cult grifter leaders and institutions have operated under for our entire history. The subsequent separation of church and state is another odd hypocritical relationship which serves both parties politically and financially. And by both parties, I mean church and state. There's no division between church and state. There is, though, a hands-off deal for churches. And I often wonder what they do in turn to help law enforcement to keep those deals. Or what are they forced to do? While authorities often claim not enough people wronged by cults, that claim, in multiple documentaries I've seen, it is also sometimes hard to prove the cultic religious abuse. 
or we realize the abuses after the statute of limitations runs out, there is a delayed memory effect sometimes, so convenient for the perpetrators. The statute of limitations is different for each state on a variety of things. There are statute of limitations for each type of offense. I bet perps have these things memorized before they commit the crimes. I bet they know the rules they're playing by. I know law enforcement and federal agents do know the state laws. The public needs to be directly informed about various illegal activities the church cults and other cults are doing because they're hard to persecute. This is what Occupy Cults, the hashtag, are about. August is Cult Awareness Month. International Cult Awareness Month was started by a survivor of Nexium. Check that out. Children are sex and labor trafficked into religion and other cults. Families are divided. Finances are drained. After the family or cultist leaves and tries to put their lives together, there's very little help or guidance. But there are a lot of psychologists and counselors who would like to take their money. Hmm. The cultist, in my opinion and observation, is now newly targeted as a cult victim by a myriad of organizations and professionals. It can be incredibly confusing to find help. The system of capitalism is set up as such. And even the nonprofits can be incredibly scammy for us. The term nonprofit or charity often is supposed to represent philanthropy and altruism. That sounds familiar, right, guys? But look into the laws and you will find only 10% of proceeds needs to go to the charity namesake in these orgs, leaving voluminous amounts of room for shady financial behavior. That's one of the things I learned in my cult. I saw the nonprofit lie up close. While I did not directly handle the books, I saw the cash flow, not all of it. I watched leaders pay off a property balloon payment of $80,000 in cash and excuse hundreds of members because they no longer needed their donations to pay that off. And they wanted new suckers who weren't on to their tricks. Those most exposed to damage try to survive mostly alone after they get out of a cult or they possibly end up taking their lives in sheer agony. The emotional, psychological, physical, and financial damage literally is lifelong for us. As you cult kid listeners know, we're given homework. Most cult victims are never made whole by the legal system. So you see, it's not outlandish or controversial to say that the system is not set up to handle institutional, religious, and self-improvement abuse. Currently, the lack of laws in these areas are guarded by the freedom of religion, federal stance. I'm not calling for suppression of religion by any means. But I personally remember when the now-deceased leader of Morningland Church was raided by the Attorney General of California on a bribery charge. I wondered what personal information that the government took on each member of the church, including myself, when they raided. I wondered what records that the leader kept on each of us after that day. You see, there was a film of them raiding, and they took files out of a filing cabinet that I didn't even know was important to the record keeping. And so par for the course in any cult leader's playbook, the leader took the opportunity to go to the press and exploit the moment 
to virtue signal to all who would listen, that the state of California was persecuting religions in the state, that it was being raided because of their religious beliefs, and that it threatened all religious organizations in California. Even talking in an article at the time about the People's Temple, Jim Jones. She often compared her church to Jim Jones and Heaven's Gate proudly before their deaths. So let's talk about one thing that goes on in these churches and cults that's so life-changing for the kids. It's human trafficking. It's sex trafficking. The movement of or tricking of people to go a certain place to cut off ties willingly or by force to get control of them for financial and other reasons such as labor or sex. But Frankie, these are churches preaching the word of God. How can anything so harmful be going on in these places? Because churches are a haven for illegal activity, I say. The mere image puts people at ease. The idea of a preacher causes society to give latitude to that individual. It's a long-standing propaganda that church people are not corrupt, but I beg to differ. There's no more corrupt breed than the religious criminal. Let's talk about trafficking. In episode 16, for your information, I cover some legal issues in the news regarding Scientology and Nation of Islam in the courts. Check that out. And it's regarding trafficking specifically. But let me repeat from that episode the definition Homeland Security in USA give about what it is and how it happens. According to DHS.gov, human trafficking involves the use of force, fraud, or coercion to obtain some type of labor or commercial sex act. Every year, millions of men, women, and children are trafficked worldwide, including right here in the United States. It can happen in any community, and victims can be any age, race, gender, or nationality. Traffickers might use violence, manipulation, or false promises of well-paying jobs or romantic relationships to lure victims into trafficking situations. Just to interject, what I'm trying to say, my message is that religious cults are a trafficking situation. Back to the DHS.gov description. Language barriers, fear of their traffickers, and or fear of law enforcement frequently keep victims from seeking help, making human trafficking a hidden crime. Traffickers use force, fraud, or coercion to lure their victims and force them into labor or commercial sexual exploitation. They look for people who are susceptible for a variety of reasons, including psychological or emotional vulnerability, economic hardship, lack of social safety net, natural disasters, or political instability. The trauma caused by the traffickers can be so great that many may not identify themselves as victims or ask for help, even in highly public settings. Many myths and misconceptions exist. Recognizing key indicators of human trafficking is the first step in identifying victims and can help save a life. Not all indicators listed are present in every human trafficking situation, and the presence or absence of any of the indicators is not necessarily proof of human trafficking. The safety of the public as well as the victim is paramount. Do not attempt to confront a suspected trafficker directly or alert a victim to any suspicions. You're listening to The Frankie Files, FrankieFilesPodcast.com.
And of course, the problem is the public awareness is so non-existent about trafficking in religious cults that it is often years, in my case decades, before we realize we were even trafficked. You were tricked. We got away and we try so hard to forget what went on that we never even get law enforcement involved. That is most certainly how they keep getting away with it. Scaring the victims into silence is a recurring tactic, and the fear of retaliation is extremely real. I told my trafficking story for the first time last week. It was a big deal, August 16th, 2022. You can listen to it on Emancipation Nation. It's a great podcast about how to help trafficking victims by a national director at Toledo University in Ohio. The host is Celia Williamson. It's episode 159. The easiest way to keep track of my stuff is to bookmark my website, frankiefilespodcast.com. Check the blog or join the email newsletter list there. So I've looked into the eyes of several of these religious criminals who salivate over our virginity and purity and innocence as well as our general lack of understanding of how the world works and various dangers that lurk. Basically, kids are easy targets. The most easy targets are single moms with kids. They're busy and they're trying to make ends meet. And often, there's a vulnerability. Many religious cults pose as wanting to help the kids and family, and then the family is trafficked. Through convincing them it's better to live near the church or other events, the family changes areas. It can be local or longer distance. The disorientation is great. Think of how you feel when out of your neighborhood for a few days. Okay. Now, think of how you feel when you move to a new neighborhood. Very disoriented, right? Your friends, clerks at stores that you saw all the time are not around. You don't know quite who to turn to. It makes you feel more vulnerable, and it makes you literally more vulnerable. If the only people you now have to turn to are the church, that empowers them to have more say in your life. Simple social dynamics at play. And that stuff has such an effect on our decision making. So when you're at the disadvantage, disoriented, the church, club, cult-like group, which can include sororities, places of work, school, study, clubs, secret orders with vows of silence, sex clubs, military, etc. The group now has the largest influence in your life. A predator knows when they have the power, when they have you at a disadvantage, and they begin to run their game. The game involves the desired outcome they want, money, time, servitude, labor, sex, and they move forward in increments to get the plan to unfold. Some predators are more stylish and persuasive than others. Some you never feel it because they had you blinded in a physical attraction, promises of fame, promises of holiness, etc. Some are more sadistic and instead revel in the discomfort caused. They want to feel every inch of your pain and trauma, for it is all they live for. They're feeding off the victim's pain. I wish I could say that I found a statistic for trafficking into religious and self-improvement cults, but I don't have one. A lot of people do know about single moms getting targeted, but it needs to be wider known. Single mother families should not have to be in hiding. 
but they almost should be at this point. Having a network of people to trust your kids with could be the difference between your child coming under undue influence or not. It could mean the difference between your child being a functioning member of society or a drug addict or criminal who broke bad after reaching the last straw. The ruining of a cult kid doesn't happen all at once, though. It starts out fun and nice. You guys know what I'm talking about. Once you're trafficked, by that time, the leader has established what Dr. Lalish calls a system of control in her book, Bounded Choice. This is how other members and leaders check on you to make sure their dirty trafficking secrets don't get to law enforcement and neighbors or press. This is how they get forced labor and sex. A system of control. And the control is incredibly detailed. The most important thing to control is the illusion of choice when trafficking someone into cults. There are no physical chains. You're made all the time to imagine you're doing what is asked of your own free will, and it's for the good of the group. We're all one, etc. The propaganda is the chain around your neck. You may even repeat it to yourself when questioning the situation that you're stuck in. I'm doing this for the good of the whole. I'm raising the vibration of humanity. I'm doing this to save others, to rescue mankind. Blah, 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 blah. They all have the line they feed us. Why is it important to recognize propaganda and see each church's dogma sold? Because this is how the trafficking takes place. Not through force. Even violent crimes happen because the person is told they're serving God in doing this or allowing this, hashtag because God. God is the most powerful and scary propaganda. And this church leader, pastor, preacher, clergy, etc. is in contact with God. That is already established. And if you think about people who dismiss mind control as not being important, well, let me ask you this. How does your body decide to make moves? How does it make a decision to get up, walk, and do something, your brain tells it to, right? So if you convince someone of a certain propaganda, their brain will send signals to take care of that in the form of an action. So getting someone to believe something is very powerful. But as someone who was trafficked like this, I can tell you it's pretty subtle. Our leader had a brush with the law when in Escondido, the parents, members at the time, In the 70s, the parents made complaints to law enforcement that the leaders were having young teens get parents to sign permission slips that they could be with the church without their parents. Scientology does that as a matter of course all the time. The kids signs their paperwork saying they'll be in the Sea Org, a floating barge program where they sail all over the world and local laws do not apply to labor and a lot of other things. And that's a million year or something contract. The parent has to agree to it. I'm not kidding. Thanks to Leia Remini and the show Scientology in the Aftermath, we have learned things like this. Thanks to the brave souls who brought labor and trafficking lawsuits against the org, we found these things out. 
But only one lawsuit, which I discussed in episode 16, has set a precedent for labor trafficking in Colts. The award of $8 million to a single plaintiff is the largest in American history to be awarded for trafficking and forced labor in a cult. And that was won against Nation of Islam. I believe it was 2018. Well, that ought to get the ball rolling. So remember, the propaganda tricks the family into the place. Indoctrination is how they get the family to stay. The labor or sex is what the church or cult gets. They also collect the victim's monies. Having isolated the family or put them in checkmate with telling someone with collateral or threats to separate them from their family, the religious cult or dangerous group wins with words. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com But how come you didn't fight back? That question indicates lack of knowledge of coercive control and fear. It is incredibly effective. That question teeters on victim shaming. Propaganda is used every day by authorities to get people to do stuff. Cult examples. Do not talk about your experience in the cult or in this subgroup we initiated you into or you will never get to heaven. Do not disclose that we verbally abuse you for hours or you'll be separated from the group in a time out and humiliated. If more aggressive, do not disclose what we're doing or we will ruin your job, marriage, lie to your kids about you. We'll tell everyone you're a whore. We'll tell them you're into vile sexual acts, a drug addict, etc. So the slander. That's just while you're in. The propaganda may vary in each cult, but often what they stay close to is biblical stuff using God as a threat in some way. When you look at how effective it is to get free labor, which could earn the church money, you start to see the why. When you ask why would people believe any of that, the trick is that each person hears what they want to hear to motivate them. There's the main narrative, such as we're doing this for the good of the whole, the future, the group, etc. The individual narrative, you've been handpicked, you're special. You're being trained to be a servant of the Lord, the vessel of the Lord, etc., to channel greatness. Once hooked on the original trick, dogma, or story, the victim complies. When they become dissatisfied and realize the trick, then become aware of being trapped like an animal in an invisible cage after being tricked into the cage with a morsel of food, it can be disconcerting. But it works. The scared animal, the trafficking victim, is already, by then, isolated from their previous support of friends, family, mentors, etc. That isolation is systematic gradually so that you need not feel the extremes. That's how it works in just noticeable differences. But it sure as hell matters when you realize you're trapped. Many of you may relate. My mom realized if she sort of kidnapped us to take us out of the cult, 
that we'd run back. She realized the hold the leader had over our minds and became super afraid, but then watched the further separation from her happen being behind her back while she was at work, etc. These traps are tricks, and recognizing propaganda is imperative for preventing the next victim. A lot of people think of activism of human trafficking at the border, of kids kidnapped into a van to enslave. I'm working to get that knowledge to the public expanded. I'm starting with the podcast and later printed material. My story, like many coal kids, is a trafficking survivor story. Why on earth did it take me about 25 years to mentally get the idea that I was trafficked? Because of the propaganda which has been perpetrated by society, by the government, etc., which does not even include church trafficking. But that's what I used to think. We all know better now, right? So seven, eight years ago, I believed I didn't have to speak out. People know. Then I saw that Scientology and the non-religious cult Nexium were still going strong, pre the arrests and documentaries. And then I saw that my cult was rebranding and staying around to abuse more people. A religious cult cannot survive without money, fresh labor, blood, new people, and the benefits and assets they bring. Trafficking is how they do that. Look at Jehovah's Witness. JW knows the importance of new blood. They get converts from prison. They have cyclists go door to door. They beg for money on street corners with the Watchtower pamphlet about God available. That's all necessary recruitment to get families that will be devoted for generations. The recruitment can turn into trafficking after the person becomes indoctrinated. They'll be demanded to go places and do things once they're sold on the initial principles of living, worship, the initial indoctrination. Then... USA believes it's their business what happens after that. But how about the extreme subcultures which are created in these cults? They're clearly dangerous. I'm not saying that the government needs to raid churches on a regular basis, but I am saying that for the sake of future kids, a reform is needed. We're seeing generations of adults who were overexposed to radical idealism and criminal behavior have to grapple with life, because they grew up in a cult. Society truly does pay the price for this neglect. General inability for cult kids to assimilate into the world is a problem. Robert J. Lifton calls us aliens going into the world after such severe cultural separation. A need to relearn all of life can be challenging for anyone who has to go through it. So can we at least decide that the more eyes on trafficking potential into cults, the better? Only one lawsuit has been won on this. That's a very low bar, but I'm happy a precedent is set. I have to be. That's progress. The precedent that taking a young person's education and life to work unpaid excessive hours moving to various locations without daily contact with their family and with indoctrination to produce better laborers, needs looking into. If the courts can find that the trafficking, which was commonplace, done by Nation of Islam, 
is to be condemned, then why not the current child labor tricks being played by worldwide churches like Scientology and Luz de Munda? Not only is it time for reform, it's time to shout from the rooftops that trafficking is happening in your backyard right now, and so often unnoticed because they're just a church study group. They're a non-threatening church. They're a self-help improvement camp. But the fact is, some groups take advantage of the public's ignorance. That truly needs to change, and it can start with you. Thanks for listening and considering these facts. File this under trafficking. Follow me on Reddit and Twitter at Frankie Tees for future discussion and live audio events on cults. Find more about the show at FrankieFilesPodcast.com. Lots to see there, including a blog about my entire journey of speaking out, podcasting, publishing my memoir, and activism as I meet wonderful people in this arena. Help an adult child of a cult out now by donating to this independent journalist via PayPal. Buy me a cup of coffee. Links are in the description. You can also see me on Linktree. Frankie Tees. Live Reddit Talks, Sunday 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Time, are happening. Join us for chat. Bring your coffee and questions. Meet other survivors. Ask questions. Reddit.com user Frankie Tees. Occupied cults. Occupied cults certainly speaks for itself. It's time that we get the word out about the damage these cults do financially, emotionally, psychologically, sexually, generationally. And that's part of what prompted me to begin speaking out. The hashtag Occupy Cults should be placed on anything you want the awareness raised on. So check out the hashtag Occupy Cults. Wear it on a t-shirt. Chalk it on the neighborhood. Get the word out. Occupy Cults means just that. Pay attention to what's going on. Those survivors who are trying to speak out need your support. Check out Occupy Cults, the hashtag. The Frankie Files.